Welcome to the Shine Shine Geek the Shine Geek and Fast Fret podcast. Done. Well done. Okay, we're gonna use that. <laughs> gone so if that happens that's cool that's fine if it does uh i i, I love it I, i'm a glutton for punishment i actually like editing oh good i'll give you lots of it editing tonight <laughs> so nice um okay. and i also apologize my daughter just came home she might come in if she comes in whatever you, you you'll be forced to say hello and she's absolutely <laughs> adorable what um what ages are you kids uh one just turned seven the other one's about to turn nine we yeah just, uh, i have a 11 and 10 so yeah. right, right there are they in music too uh my 11 year old is a really good piano player and um she just started playing trumpet and picked that up pretty quickly and now she wants to do cello so I, I i have this whole room full of guitars and basses and drums and the kid wants to play none of it Yep. Like That's she's fine. like, I'm gonna leave that alone. I want to do the classical stuff. I'm like, what is wrong with my child? Actually, um, Abby has her first concert in two weeks. She's gonna be performing her own composition called Mr. Pig is Wonderful. <laughs> That's awesome. It's awesome. Nice. <laughs> she actually has... have a new theme song. Uh, hell yeah. I'd love to use that. Yeah, Todd, we're replacing that. <laughs> okay mr pig is awesome is awesome and actually in fact like every time we go to, to music class the teacher is at the piano and he's actually playing it by himself like on his own because he just liked it so much <laughs> awesome. that is really cool yeah. was it like baby shark or something like that Nah, my kids don't listen to anything like that they don't listen to any kids music which is good but they're listening to pop kind of yeah, pop that's setup. what my kids listen to as well but I, I noticed that ellie is the more al alternative i don't know if that's a return but she's more alternative with with what she's listening to so while abigail's listening to like maybe ariana grande or sean mendez or something ellie's listening to the helicopters and she's listening to um um cake or um cage the elephant or something so she's Kinda. Oh, oh, that's great. That's yeah, that's a good turn. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so they always fight when we go to music class. Whose music are we listening to? And I'm like, can I play mine? <laughs> and I always lose. No dad rock. No dad rock. So this is uh if you guys don't recognize the voice, this is uh Kevin Williams. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, you guys have the lower voices than I do, so uh, yours is pretty damn low, dude. I don't know. Do we, maybe we need a, a, a Todd saying Kevin Williams in his own inimitable style. Evan Williams. Evan. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> I'll I, take it. I'll take it. Yeah. So, uh, so I, so people who don't know who Kevin Williams is for the Canadians, maybe listening, maybe not familiar with an obscuria. Uh, it's a great podcast. Chris L from Pot of Thunder said, listen to this fucking show. He actually reminded me in emails back and forth. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll listen to, because there's a whole bunch of 
podcasts around your neck of the woods, like kind of there in Tennessee and, and, and those areas. And I've listened to a lot of them and some of them I listen to, and then it maybe fall off after a while. It's like, ah, it, it's good, but not uh, itching, uh, itching the scratch, scratching the itch. And then, um, but I'm like, okay, I'll give this one a shot. Cause I, I give every single one a shot, like all of them, like all the guys that you're on the cruise with, I, I've listened to them all in, 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 you know, for lots of hours and then Chris, like, no, you should really listen to this one. So I'm like, okay, fine. And so then I listen to it and I'm like, okay, Robert's fucking hilarious. First off. Yes, he is. He's, he's, uh, I, I think his new nickname should be Albuquerque because he's always taking left turns in Albuquerque. <laughs> mm. Say, you know, I knew I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. His whole life is a left turn. I mean, that guy, I literally, and sorry to interrupt, but no, no. you're talking about Robert. So like, I literally could not have a show without that guy. Like what I do would be so boring and nerdy if I just talked on my own, or even if I probably had someone else that was similar to me. Yeah. Robert is an enigma. Like the dude lives in a firehouse. He rebuilt it. He uh, has a bathroom that he decided, oh, I'm not going to put a normal floor in it. No, I'm going to glue pennies to the floor. And there's like a million pennies on this bathroom floor that he had people come over, girls come over and agree to glue these things for hours upon hours just because they think he's cool. Like <laughs> he's an artist. He's, he's an artiste, man. And he does. Yeah. So he does, you know, flaming art. He goes out to Burning Man and oh, I've checked puts out on these amazing on sculptures. It's oh, amazing, man. I actually sent him a message, which he never replied to me. I actually offered him a free advertising spot on our show, gratis, like free, just because like people need to see this shit. But anyway, sorry, I agree. You off this time? No, that's fine. I, he's, yeah, he's just uh, he's an interesting guy. I literally just show up every week at his house. I you know I spring it on him, so I do all the prep work right for our show. He has no idea what we're going to talk about, what we're going to listen to, yet he's the one that always comes up with all the sound bites and the interesting stories that he doesn't even try to have. Mm -hmm. It's just his life, you know. He's the the always going to be a bachelor, always doing things just so random and artistic and it, but at the same time he can kind of be an ornery you know florida man so <laughs> yep. go figure yep well hi robert i was gonna call him rob <laughs> and i know he doesn't like that oh hates that. oh yeah that'll go over well bob goes over even better oh i, I bet or or robert <laughs> probably even better well I, I we have a robert too i have a robert friend and you have to call him robert you eh, rob's probably not uh not that cool for him either so anyway so you have a great show um, but I mean, it's not all Robert, it's you, like you're, you're the one that put the show together. I'm assuming it was your conceptual idea. It was. And yeah. Do you want to maybe describe just kind of quickly? Yeah, sure. What, what yeah, so, yeah. So in Obscuria, so basically I was listening to all the same shows that you were just talking about. Right. So a lot of the music, hard rock based shows, uh, a couple of punk rock shows. Cause I'm into to everything if it's got guitar on it and it's crunchy and loud then i'm gonna like it i don't i don't really get <laughs> caught up in genres but what i noticed was i was hearing a lot of the same stuff mm -hmm. like a lot of the same bands that they could be somewhat obscure maybe if you're 20 something but for guys you know around our age you know the gen xers like they were talking about bands that we all grew up with and we knew 
And I just felt like there were so many unsung bands, unsung heroes out there that I had back in the day and, and still do. All these bands that just needed a voice. They needed some way to get out there. So that's what I decided to do. I, I focus in Obscuria on the lost, the forgotten, and the should-have-beens. Now, this is, of course, according to me. Yes. So I'm... I'm an avid music collector. So everything that I play on the show, I own because I'm not a Spotify guy. I don't, I don't like, you know, it's not stealing, but I, I like to own the music. I like to have some stake in it. Totally agree. Um, so that's what we do is, is I basically put together various episodes every week. Robert has no idea. So it's a, it's a reaction for him, Todd, which is hey, hang great. On, pause for a sec. Todd, Robert does no <laughs> homework. Oh, right on. The no homework guy. He's, He's the, the man guy. on the street. Is that that guy? <laughs> That's that yeah. guy right there, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, go on. Yeah, so, uh, you know, th there's a this whole thing on YouTube with all the reaction videos and things like that. So we kind of get a little bit of that with Robert because he, yeah. you know, he doesn't always like everything I bring in either. You know, everything that I bring in, for the most part, it's mine. I own it, so I'm going to like it. But it's anything across the span of rock, punk, metal. It could be from anywhere from the 60s to now. And various themes, various subgenres. I try to you know, cover all the things that I love. I, I've been a musician since I was 15, and I started off in punk bands. So I have a, a real affinity for that old school punk rock. And, you know, I was, you, you know in college in the 90s so i love 90s music as well you know i love the grunge i love all this stuff that came out then but i also love hair metal i also love you know late 80s stuff i love everything that's that's going on and i even have some new metal now robert we haven't done a new metal episode yet but robert will absolutely blow up and and just he will it will be so awesome when I finally spring it blow on up in, in a bad way, like in a bad way, he right? can't stand it. He I, hates okay. it. I figured, I figured, <laughs> Oh man, I can't so, wait for that. Yeah. I like when he gets ornery, like, I don't know. That's exciting. <laughs> and then you're just sitting there giggling. Like you might as well be like 12 year old girl giggling in the corner. Yeah. I mean, we've been friends. So Robert and I were in bands together. Um, I met him in 1997 ish. And he moved in like two doors from where I was renting a, a room at this guy's condo guy that I worked with and Robert of course moved into this place and totally fixed it up and put, you know, like a, uh, like a koi pond out front. And like, like these are like normal <laughs> condos that guys in their twenties are renting. So everybody else is trashing their place. Robert comes in and he's like, totally redoes it and koi <laughs> pond in the front and, you know, a running fountain and waterfall. And I'm like, well, who the hell is this guy? And then he's like, oh, yeah, I play guitar, too. And he was playing um, covers at an Irish pub that we used to go to. And so I was like, oh, I got to get in on some of that action. So I, that's when I picked my sticks back up and played drums again. And that's how we kind of connected musically. So we've been friends for a long time. He was in my wedding. You know, we just we go back oh, yeah, a long okay. way. So, so that close. Wow. Yeah. I, I kind of figured, but eh, that's nice to hear, actually. Yeah, but that's my best man for my wedding down there. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, it'll be mine once we do it <laughs> to pull the pin. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Is so. that soon? Is that happening? Uh, sometimes oh, I got an, uh, in the near future. <laughs> yeah. We haven't, we haven't uh, set a date yet, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I, I love your girl. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. Like, wow. Good. Talk about a grand slam, brother. <laughs> 
That's all. Awesome. Yeah. So s- similar to Robert, like he's uh, he's the consummate bachelor. You know, he's always uh, dating somebody different, unique, and his his girlfriends are just as eccentric as he is. So <laughs> it adds spice for sure. I want you to meet Kevin. I want to, does he like I'm boring to his you friends? Come like, meet Kevin. Does he ever do that? Like, hey, look what I got. I don't no, know. No, not really. Like, he took me to one of his. So I told you he goes to Burning Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they also have these things called regional burns, which are you know more regional. You don't have to travel all the way across yeah, yeah. The, the United States to go to it. So he he's like, come to one. You can just camp out. It's in Georgia, you know where we live. So it's you know like an hour away. So I go. And it's like, these are like free spirits. Man. These are people who like just do whatever they want that weekend. And, you know, it all involves some sort of fire or some sort of performance art. And a lot of the EDM music just constantly going. Yeah. Like that's all the music that's there. It's, you know, it's a party like rave scene. And Robert sets up a camp and he's got like these speakers and he's like blasting Motorhead. Like he's the only guy in this whole, like all EDM everywhere else. And he is blasting Motorhead and we're all sitting by his, uh, his camper, which looks like, uh, the Breaking Bad camper where they made all the meth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And we're just sitting out front in, uh, and is I think it's a couch a shirt and underwear or it pretty much, Betty pretty Whitey's. much. Yeah. <laughs> in combat boots. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, I, so I, of course, don't pace myself, and I I end up not remembering the rest of the weekend. But that's how it started, at least. Nice. Cool. Well, Todd and I are talking about Rock and Pod for next year. You guys should definitely do it. It is a blast. It sounded so much fun, and just the access to to these gods of music that we all worshipped. I don't know. It, like, did you just have to like sign up? Like, okay, I want to interview this guy. Like, is that literally all you it's, had to do? Well, I mean, so they, you know, every year they're bringing in different guests. Some of yeah. them return. Uh, a lot of the guests are based around if they're local or semi-local to Nashville because it just makes sense. Some people get flown in, but for the most part, it's it's yeah. artists that have relocated to Nashville, which is like every '80s musician yeah. ever sure. now lives in Nashville, Tennessee. So it's a lottery, right? So you, they, they kind of give you the list and say, these folks, you only get 15 minutes to interview the artist because there's, a, you know, there's a lot of places and yeah. it's like, yeah, you did better than 15 minutes. Oh my God. I, I had people that just wouldn't stop, man. And you haven't even heard all of them yet. I've got oh, Eric no. Martin coming up. That's oh, amazing. Okay. I, yeah. I assumed he probably did, but I was like, oh, I hope you get Eric Martin. I had him last. He, he was the last interview of the day. And he just kept going and going and going. But yeah, so you basically sign up for who you want. You're not going to always get who you want. It's a bit of a lottery. Okay. uh, The way that they give it to you. But you'll, you know, I found that if I do more than five interviews, I'm just tired out. Like I just can't keep up the energy level and talk to people who are just coming by the table to talk to you or other podcasters. So we limit it to like four or five and that's doable. Yeah, and you still get that fun. I think at that at that point, have a yeah, have a ton of fun. I mean, it's it's kind of like I go. So I started going before I even had a podcast oh. because I had be, I had befriended Despel Geek. That was the first podcast that I sort of reached out to, and I thought it would be a nice vehicle to have the swear music yeah. put out there because some like you know radio's not 
anything for local yep. bands anymore. Let me just try some of these podcasters. And I listened to the Decibel Geek and I thought that that probably will work. Send them in a CD. And sure enough, they played, uh, they had an episode. It was a new wave of British heavy metal episode. And for whatever reason, they decided to play like two tracks from the swear in between the snippets. And I'm like, so they were okay. So Camaro didn't just get it wrong and thought you guys were British or <laughs> he might have. Like, like Hot Nye from like, Quebec. Oh my God. Quebec, yeah. So we we talk about that. Our episode that's coming out this week, we talk about that. And I actually mentioned that I know how to pronounce your last names. <laughs> and I actually know where you're from. And it's not nice. Quebec. Not even close. <laughs> and he said, I think I think he said Quebec. 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 And he, he called you uh McGitney. McGitney, yeah. <laughs> awesome. And we parodied was, it, parodied it on our own show. We're like, okay, let's be French. Let's be Quebecois. <laughs> yeah. I was going somewhere with this story. Now I forgot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Where was I going? Uh, let's see. I was talking about Rock and Pod. Rock and Pod. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you pitched your stuff to um Oh right, Decibel Geek. Yes, that no back to decibel geek so i uh sent in the swear they played you know a couple tracks and then i just sort of started having conversations with chris on on episodes that they were putting out and then he's like hey i'm coming to atlanta it's atlanta's about four hour drive from nashville yeah and he's like i'm coming to see john karabi the guy who used to sing for motley crew for one album and um so he i meet him at the john karabi show in atlanta and then he introduced me to this guy named joe polo and joe is a local atlantan and i'm like Hey, Joe, how are you? And Joe actually has a, a KISS podcast. And that was the whole reason I originally even got into podcasts is I just was looking for KISS podcasts because I'm a KISS nerd. You Are you going to do the, the thing? Oh, well, it, yeah, I guess I should do that. Yes. There's a KISS connection with a K. <laughs> with a K. <laughs> I love that, especially actually when Robert does it. It's so awkward. It's 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 beautiful. <laughs> the the funny thing is sometimes I do it and he's not quite ready for it and I completely blow his ears out and he's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so I, I befriended Joe then and it just kind of went from there and I met more and more podcasters and just you know Sonny Plooney and Stephen Michael Stephen Michael's actually from Atlanta as well so we have some some local podcasters but I just started going to Rock and Pod when they started it Chris said this so should be fun you should come then? Yeah, is it the very first one? Yeah. So I think it's either five or six now that I've been to. I think it was the the second one I um Joe Polo started doing a he was making a kiss movie. I don't know that it's ever come out, but he was making this movie about fans. And so I was like the cue card guy, holding cue cards and asking <laughs> questions to people. So that's when I started working. <laughs> but then I realized I'm like, you know what? I'm not hearing exactly what I want to hear on these podcasts. So I might as well just start my own. Yeah. And that's, you know, I reached out to Andy Jones. He he helped me uh, figure out. I was like, how do I even do this? Like, I, I had no clue. So you so you did talk to Andy Jones. Again. Yeah. So I, re I reached out to Andy. I'm like, hey, you, you know, Pot of Thunder sounds great. How are you guys doing this? And he's like, oh, I'll send you some pictures of what I do. And it's basically this, the setup that I have. It's like, I just took my old mixer and ran yeah. it through. And, and that's probably what they did when they started, I'm sure. Exactly what they did, yeah. It wasn't the he did have, microphone. He, he, he did give me... Uh, he sent me a picture of his setup and he had one cable going from like an AB from some line and I was doing the same thing. And then I realized I'm like, that's not doing a damn thing. 
Like I, and I had it for like a year, a year. I had this cable going. It just looks right, but for no reason it was doing nothing, but it was because he sent me a picture and I just followed it. Yeah. But that's how that all started. Andy's the guy I haven't spoken with on pot of thunder. Yeah. All those guys are great. uh, Nick, Nick and I chat uh, fairly frequently. Like he, he sent me his stuff. You have to bug him for the pillagers though, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, Oh, it's, I was I was listening. Actually, I had it in the car, so I could just turn it up real loud with the windows down and stuff. And and get <laughs> the looks I got because it, it veers off in the jazz occasionally. It's kind of punky, but then it veers off in the jazz. And then there's like uh, there's an old tune. It feels like something out of like a fifties Ingrid. That's so Nick American movie. Like, so, <laughs> That's so Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I don't know. It, it's I love it. It's just all over the place, and it's just it's great. So the story about Pot of Thunder, the way I met those guys is in person again. Did you meet them in person, or I fine? I did, yeah, I did. Okay. So I was, um, like I said, I was listening to mostly Kiss podcast at first, and I listened to their podcast. And uh, this is the truth, man. I heard Chris L. on I don't know, I don't remember what episode it was that I listened to, but I heard him like ranting about something. I'm like, ah, oh, these guys are these guys sound like jerks. I'm not gonna listen to this anymore. And I didn't come back to it for like two months. Because I, I was like, I don't these. I don't know if I like these guys. I did the same thing, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. Back yeah, up. Yeah. But then I started listening again. I was like, oh, they're just taking the piss out of this whole thing. Like this, yeah. you know. Once I got what they were doing, I was like, oh, okay, exactly. I love this. This is great. Yes. And uh, so anyway, I, I became a you know a fan of their show, and I started making. Uh, I was a graphic artist before my current job. And so I started making some like little pieces to for them to put on their their site or on Facebook. Really, and just kind of befriended them that way. Like here, like I made a mug for them that has all the catchphrases that they had the first wait, season. Wait, wait, wait! That's you made that? Yeah. Oh, cool! Because I remember when that when they got the mug and there, I I don't think I knew who you were at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's how I started talking to those guys, and we you know we started texting all the time and just you know shooting the shit. And then I'm literally uh, go. I go to the Kiss cruise. Um, I think I've been four times. The first time I went by my first time I went with Robert. Yeah, he got injured and was like, "I'm not going back." <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> he didn't trust himself. Uh, so, <laughs> so the second one I go to by myself, and I'm literally standing in line waiting, you know, in the queue to get on to go through customs and get onto the boat. And I hear this guy talking behind me, and I'm. It takes me a second. I'm like, that's Chris L. Turn around. It's like, hey, Chris. He's like, oh, my God. And so, like, we hung out on the boat nice. and, and got some hang time. And then the within the next year, my job took me to Chicago. And I just reached out to him and said, hey, guys, you know, do you want to have a beer or have dinner or something? And they're like, well, we're actually, we're recording at Andy's house tonight. Why don't you just come on up? So I took an Uber for, like, a, a very scary Uber ride up to uh, Indiana, which is, like, 30, 40 minutes from downtown Chicago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, did a, I've done a couple episodes on. Wait, on I got to go back now. I probably didn't realize that's who you were. Like some random guy. Oh, man, okay. I'm yeah. going to listen to those. Yeah, I was that <laughs> asshole. Because <laughs> yeah, they don't do guests very often. No. But the best the best guest they've ever had is 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 the Jones Jones mom. Without a doubt. Those are those are the best. She's so funny. Yeah, she is very cute. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's cool. Hello, Pot of Thunder guys. <laughs> um, shit. Okay, so what else can we talk about here? We're gonna. Just, I I, I just rambled a whole lot. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay, Todd. I, I see you have a, a base in the background. I kind of missed that whole thing there when I was trying to set up my camera. <laughs> yeah, so I I was telling Sean that I I started off when I was sixteen, uh, and I grew up in South Carolina, and um, in my little town, it was like uh, about thirty minutes from Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's not too much in the sticks, but it's in the sticks. And um, in my little town, no one had bass or drums. Like everybody had guitars, right? When you're teenagers, so th there weren't there weren't that many bands because nobody had the other instruments that are required to have a band. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a bass. And so I did that and I, I just sucked. I was just horrible at bass when, when I first started, but I could hit things. And so, you know what, I'm going to say, I'm going to cut yards all summer and I'm going to save up money. And I'm going to buy a drum kit. That drum kit is still right next to me. A Pearl export one? kit. Same kit. Oh, nice. Sounds amazing. I ordered it from a, a place in Atlanta, actually. It shipped it to me. Uh, I think it's called American Music. But anyway, so I was in a band because I was the only guy that had a drum kit. And so... I, I, Perfect. Wow. But the, if, if you, do you, have you guys ever heard of a band called Blackberry Smoke? Yep. Okay, so I they're have. kind of like a southern rock, bluesy, yep. kind of country-ish band, but they, you know, global, globally touring band you know, big entity in my first band for my little town in South Carolina, the guitarist in that band, Brandon still is the keyboard player for Blackberry smoke. I knew that he's also brought it up on the show. Yeah. And he <laughs> also followed me to Atlanta and he was in, uh, he was in big Jack pneumatic, which is the band Robert and I. Yeah. So just, you know, I like to spread that where I can because Blackberry smoke yeah. are great. You know if you know who they are, but it's just write that down. It's so fun. Yeah, I think you would yeah, like them. Tom. Yeah, they're they're worth they're worth supporting. Like I don't know, I they're, they're one of those real bands. They I don't are. Know if that makes they're, sense. Like they're authentic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're very authentic. I mean, when I, I'm not a huge country guy, but I like what they do. You know, it's like rock. It's like Zeppelin mixed with country or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. I, I like the only country I I don't like the old whiny country. All the twangy, yeah, yeah that yeah. stuff I don't like. The, the newer stuff, uh, a little more modern, is, is okay. Yeah, like I said, if it has good guitar in it, I'm pretty much okay with it, no matter what it is. But uh, so anyway, I was playing drums. I graduate high school and realize I can't really take my drums with me to college because I have to travel to college. So you know what, I'm going to start playing guitar. I'm going to start writing songs. And so I did that in all my bands in college. I played guitar and was kind of the, the leader of the various groups I was in writing songs. They were horrible, but you know, at least I was doing it. And, um, but I, I realized as I progressed and then I started playing drums again with Robert, I realized that w when I listen to music, what I hum and what I listen to the most is bass. And so Dumbass, why don't you just play bass? Because that's that's what you hear in your head. That's what, you know, everything that you listen to, that's what you're going off of. All your heroes, Geddy Lee, Chris Squire, Lemmy, bass players. Nice. So, yeah. Steve Harris, you know, so just do some bass. So that's, uh, yeah, so I transitioned. So what I have here are, let's see, I got Fender Jazz. Scroll over. So my my main axe that I play in all of my groups is the Rickenbacker, which you can see over there. 
And then I have a Gibson Thunderbird, a couple of Gibsons, actually. Another Fender. Got a Gibson SG bass. I have like eight basses. I have way too many. But you have more than me, it looks like. Me? No, mine are... Actually, all my basses are away, but I've got... Yeah, you, uh, don't, yeah, you don't have any of them up. No, I got I got Dad's Precision bass. And then I bought uh, two Ibanez ones. I've got the SR400 and I got the SR500. Um, and then I think I've got an old Samick that I've and got off a of Kijiji one time and the whole fretboard oh, kind of... do you guys have Kijiji down in Atlanta mm. no, it's a, like sure. a second hand kind of place okay. well you online shopping yeah of... online shopping okay gotcha like a used use thing so yeah so the the, the actual uh, the fretboard was delaminating so I actually screwed it down onto the board and I had uh, a couple of left-handed tuners i had to put in because that's all i had it, it was just the monstrosity like unless you knew it if you were to play it and try and tune it you wouldn't know what you were doing because you're you know going down instead of up <laughs> <laughs> but uh but it suited fine when when we were playing in dome so that that's what i kind of used um, okay gotcha. at that point yeah i didn't want to use by the way your bass playing in dome is really good i really dig it oh thank you very much we're playing a dome song. We're playing Descend on the next episode. It'll already be out, I'm sure, when this comes out. But Oh, sweet. Wait, like this Friday? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, thanks yeah. for thanks for playing us. I, and then uh, I didn't know Aaron was going to play us. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, I felt like, <laughs> like he scooped you or something. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> we didn't play bad. the same song, so it's fun. Oh, no, that's good. that's good. Hey, man, exposure is exposure. No, right? no, true. Take it. True. Yeah, they... um. So I was going to ask, like, so with the with the swear, I, I was looking at the back of these CDs here, which I actually mm -hmm. have in front of me. So you guys were on a label, no, while, no, we were independent, mm -mm. always independent, always independent. We got really close um, in the mid two thousands. We we were being shopped a lot. We were playing a lot of showcases, and it, you know, it was right around the time where the industry was starting to shift and deals were getting worse. And so the, the right deal just never came. They were all kind of shit. Like, yeah, we could have signed to some majors, but they weren't giving you anything. You know, you would yeah. end up being they taking, the they were taking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we, we got close, but, and that was fun. You know, it was fun to, to almost get, you know, get a little whining and dining and oh, sure. feel like you're important for a minute. Yeah. You know, it was fun. No, it's it's good stuff. Like I um, was it the first one I listened to? I'm trying. I'm trying to think now. I think I listened to the clinic and the sane. I think was the first one I listened to. That's the one we um, I think uh, released during the pandemic. It was very smart of us. Yeah, yeah. You can go ahead and tour on it in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, it's, it's um, great. <laughs> but it it's really good. Like there's. So I, I listened to the first time because I actually listened to this online. I like I have I do have a streaming service. I actually caved. Well, actually, my wife's hair salon caved, and Sean piggybacks off his wife's hair salon account to to listen to stuff. And I listened to it on there, and I'm like, she's really interesting sounding in that she has a okay. So let me see if I can explain this properly because I was trying to explain it to my wife today what she sounded like without actually her hearing like i wanted to and i couldn't and i couldn't 
I couldn't say it properly is like she has her own voice. And then I'm like, but that could come across as, but she doesn't sing good. She has, cause some people have a unique voice, but it doesn't necessarily make them a good singer. They're, they're just have a unique voice. But I found that she had a unique voice, but she actually could sing too, which is a weird combo. Cause you don't always see that total combo together. So I didn't, I was trying to describe that to my wife, but she's not a musician. So she, she wasn't really getting, and I was trying to like, I was trying to sing, like, like sing how she was singing <laughs> and just kind of like, but, and I couldn't explain it, but there's, it's unusual. And I'm like wondering, is that if someone can sing really good and has a distinct voice, that might not be what they'd want on the radio because it's not, it's not, um, homogeneous homogeneous is that the right word see i'm making up words again um but there, there's there's something good about her voice and they don't want that shit on the radio like they want it but it doesn't sound if it sounds it's unique, not cookie cutter not, yeah yeah it's not, it's not cookie cutter it's, yeah it's not cookie cutter yeah and i really like it but there's some bite to mm -hmm. the way she enunciates um, she's like, like she's yeah. actually singing the lyrics she's not singing the song She's singing the fucking lyrics and you know, this third word in wait, just wait. And she punches it and, but, and she just, I don't know. It's just like as a songwriter myself and as a vocalist, I'm paying attention to the things that she's doing. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking brilliant. You could have softened the vocal there or, or brought it back, but no, you, you punched somebody in the face with it because that's what you needed to do at that point. Like she's, She's acting when she's singing, if that makes sense. Yeah, so Elizabeth Elkins uh, is, is who you're talking about, and she's uh, more of a poet and um, a writer than she probably is a musician, and she would say that to anyone as well. Like, every word and every syllable to her has purpose. Yep. Yeah. Which, I had never been in a band with a singer like that. You know, some... Some bands I've been in is like, ah, we just just sing anything, just you know, but whatever, we'll just write something down real quick. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, not yeah. what she does. You so know. she so she must labor on the on the words a lot then. 
She does. Yeah. She's a, you know, uh, a wordsmith, if you will. Like she really spends a lot of time and she's written books and, you know, very similar oh, really? to you. Like she's a writer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, um, yeah. So nobody else in the band would even come, would even touch like trying to write a lyric. Like it's, it's all her thing uh, because yeah. it, it has to mean something to her. Yeah. Cause that's the way that she puts it across. And, uh, early on she was trying to, um, you know, not scream, but she was trying to be a little more throaty with her singing. Okay. And then the one that you just mentioned, the clinic and the sane, she moved to Nashville. She was in, we were all in Atlanta. She moved to Nashville to pursue songwriting as a career and to write songs for country artists. Oh. Um, and she's actually in a, a country band called Granville Automatic, which is a country duo. They're really good. Um, but she did that, and then we got back together with the swear whenever she was like, I've had enough country and enough being really nice and sweet to people on stage. Like, I want to just rock out and yell at people again, so let's get hey, together. So I sold my soul on, on Gallatin Road. There's, I, wait, is that the song? Yeah. There was one song where it was like, hmm, it sounds like you're talking from personal experience of it's she, Yeah, that whole album. And That whole album is about what's happening in Nashville right now. That's that's right. all of those lyrics are about what was going on in Nashville. So we we went to Nashville. We recorded in Blackbird Studios, like which is uh, Martina McBride Studios, fucking okay. amazing. And uh, recorded that album more recently. And then, like I said, we released it in in during the pandemic. But the difference with that album is she, through her Nashville connection and through being in Nashville, she's kind of matured with it's okay for me to sing now and not just try to get all throaty with certain, yeah, yeah. certain phrasings. But so there's more still, singing, but there's still stuff. Like there's still some, Oh, it still stings. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, it's good. Pass it on to her. Like I, I think, I think she's great. Awesome. I, Thank I, you. But I mean, I like the whole band too. So I, I just, you know, because she, she really stands out, but I really like the drums. I'm not gonna. Oh, yeah. I actually walked over there when I was listening, picked up my sticks, and was playing along. And if I really like something, I I I don't just sit there like I gotta sit behind the kit and play. And I uh I plug it. It's an electronic kit because I have kids. Yeah, I um, understand. <laughs> but I put I put the headphones on and I pipe everything through and I play along. And and I don't do that to a lot of things, but I had to for this. So kudos to the drummer. I just so that's Kent. Yeah, that's Kent Oberly. He was in Big Jack Pneumatic as well. Oh, what was and wait, he was playing bass? No, he was no, he was the drummer uh, in the second version of Big Jack Pneumatic oh, when okay. we were the four piece. Okay, um, and then he went on to like he's actually in Blackberry Smoke right now as the drum tech. Um, and then he he played drums for Christian Bush, and he's he's a professional drummer, dude. Okay, he's amazing. Yeah, he's really good. And then hit some uh, hard. My God, he hits hard. There's some weird bass player in there. I can't remember uh, what that guy. The bass is. sucks, but you know yeah. everything else. It doesn't matter. Bass is not really important in music. So you know they're just there to really just. <laughs> I was. They're there to help carry the shit in and out. Really, but I can tell that you that your your approach to bass is 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 similar to Todd's in that like it's you're not just Dum. like there there's no there's you're you're telling your own story within the song so that that yeah that actually stands yeah. out for sure. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I'm a you know Getty. I'm not saying that I play like them, but I I aspire to be like Getty and Chris Squire and Lemmy. You know, with just these, 
distorted, gnarly, running the fretboard kind of bass. Yeah, yeah. Without being too obnoxious, still being in the pocket when you need to. So who's who's the other guitar player? So she's playing. She's playing. Like, is she playing the leads as well, or is she playing? She, she plays mostly rhythm, okay. um, and she plays a, a few leads. Like if it's if it's a really gnarly uh, punch in the face lead, that's her. But if it's a a noty, you know, p- played well lead, <laughs> <then> that's not. <laughs> <her>. <laughs> um, we've had various guitarists, but for the longest time, we had a guy named Jeremy Zamora who's been on the on in Obscuria several times. Yeah. Uh, early oh, on. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we had uh, a guy named Cooper Carter who go on YouTube and look up Cooper Carter. The guy's amazing. He's an amazing player. Uh, he did a, in fact, you should, you should check this out because you're a Star Wars guy, right? You're like, <laughs> look, yeah, you're a Star Wars guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, duh. Um, but he did uh, all guitars. I want to say it's like 16 guitars he recorded and he did the entire empire theme or whatever that oh, cool the okay. main theme the the star wars theme but he go go look up cooper carter star wars you'll see it you'll love it oh yeah definitely looking that up uh i'd nerd out over that shit yeah it's really cool actually in terms of uh star, speaking of star wars and star trek there's a there's a local guy here he's uh he's made a big name for his i, I you do you know who the pixies are oh yeah so the pixies handpicked a winnipeg band to open for them in canada when they when they reunited or actually, sorry, when they did the um, the Doolittle uh, 25th anniversary tour, they picked local Winnipeg band, Imaginary Cities, to open for them. So Rusty Matias, who now legally changed his name to Rusty Robot, he was the the primary songwriter, and he played all the instruments on the album. And he found a muse um, in in this this amazingly sound amazing woman who had this kind of old Ella Fitzgerald kind of old jazzy voice around some rock music, some rock and pop music. And um, the Pixies liked them so much. They said, okay, they, they, they asked because you know, when a band when a big band goes out and tours, they'll usually have an opening band and then they'll have that first opener. And it's sometimes is a lo- just a local band. So they, they actually applied to be the, to be that band. Like for when they when Pixies played Winnipeg and they said, Yeah, you can open for the Canadian tour. Period. So awesome. so anyway, so Rusty Robot, that guy, he actually did a Star Trek Klingon Bohemian Rhapsody video. The whole thing is sung in Klingon. And he <laughs> hired he hired a, a Klingon dialect guy or gal, I think it was, to actually make sure that everything was translated properly and and had the right pronunciations and stuff. And he did a video, and they're they're all wearing Klingon. You got to check it out. Klingon, um, Klingon Rhapsody, it might be called. It's it's it is. Awful. I will check that out. Yeah, yeah. this is the guy that, that opened fun. Frank Black and Kim Deal. <laughs> That's awesome. Jeez. Oh, anyway, Black Black Francis, right? Because he Black, yes, Black he was Black. only he was only Frank Black when he did his solo stuff. Yes, in the Catholics, yes. Uh, that was good stuff. Pixies is my number one. It's between that and Kiss usually, and then ABBA sorta. Like it's between. They're also two. similar. They're also similar. It's hard, hard to choose. So, did you ever take songwriting class? No, no. I, I tried to. Uh, I was in marching band and in, in uh, junior high and high school for until through my freshman year of high school. Uh, played trombone, and 
I had to write all the slide positions above the notes. I just never got reading music. Reading music just it's like math to me, and I'm not a math. mathematician, and I, I it just does, doesn't work with me. So I was cheating even when I was you know trying to read music. So no, I never. Everything I do is by ear, and if if I take a class to do something, I don't know. It takes me out of the the gut feel like maybe that's the punk rock guy in me i just i just like to thrash about yeah i learned uh i learned music theory from uh my, my dad bought me this carmine piece or pc or however you want to say it uh a book. It, it, remember do you remember in the old days mad magazine was pr primarily the ones that had these but they would have these like records like these 45s in it but they were like little, little flimsies like, flimsy yeah so yeah. the the carmine piece one had four flimsies in it so you actually get to listen to him talking in his new york accent <laughs> next you're gonna play a beat here and you're gonna want to do a fourth and a 16th it's just gonna play quarter notes one two three four you have your bass drum will be playing the same thing it'd be one two three four one two three four let's talk about some 16 notes 16 notes are counted, one and the two and the three and the four and the one. So you can get an exercise like this, go one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and So anyway, you get to hear him, you know, and, and then he's playing. So I learned how to play drums, but his book was a theory book. So you had to learn how to read. So I learned to read from that book and just like, it's fucking karma on a piece, like, that's that's my teacher. Wasn't really. It's pretty badass. You know? yeah. But it's so I still have that book. I've never gotten rid of it. And then I, I remember I converted everything onto cassette because there's no such thing as CDs back then. And I had it on this long form cassette. And I was crazy. That thing used to skip like crazy. Your 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 drum. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try to play anything and play one of those little flimsy records. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're gonna skip. Yeah. But it was great. But that's how I learned theory. And um. And then I, I applied it when I when I played like I did um I did an album in two thousand more or less by myself. I got taught to pitch in on a few places where I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. But I played I played the bass and I played the keyboard on it and everything was all annotated. Like I wrote everything down. I wanted to have everything, and and I realized the the so there, there there's a point to the story. I'm going somewhere. It's, it's in Albuquerque, but mm. see you know. I knew I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. Um, but the the whole thing was, I decided at one point when I was doing that album in 2000, like, I don't know how to fucking write a song to save my life. I can read some music theory. So I actually took a songwriting class, which which sounds like I didn't know there was such a thing, but I went. And, but you're looking every week what the curriculum was, and I'm like, really? That, <laughs> then that, then that. And one week it was like Lionel Richie, you know, learning like oh, what he does is so great and da, da da da. And then, but one week it was ABBA. And now I grew up with ABBA. And when I discovered Kiss, ABBA kind of went in the back because it's kind of embarrassing, you know. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be singing along to ABBA, especially you're growing your hair long and you want to be in a, you know, rock band and shit. <laughs> Yeah, my dad had ABBA records. He loved them. <laughs> but when I took the music theory class and they taught you what they're actually doing, and you're like, 
holy yeah. like your mind is blown and it's like yeah. so that's when i'm like fuck this you can laugh at me all you want i love fucking abba and i still do to this day and we were just like listening is on the radio because the kids a well-written like, song is a, a well-written song yeah, exactly. no matter what yeah and my god the harmonies that they pull off on mm -hmm. some of those songs oh, yeah. no auto-tune on those voices no way man no, those are like ridiculous singers. Yeah, but they're all talented. But I was just listening to like little things like um I can't remember what the piano guys plays. Isn't Bjorn or is that the other guy? Uh Alvi. Uh, anyway, the, the the piano guy is just like just little like accents. You just and it's kind of punk rock in some way because I was like dah, dah. Like there's just like just little like I shook the whole fucking desk. There's like little interjections <laughs> interjections he has, but and that's like that's not fucking pop music, dude. Like that's like like these guys had some some chops and they weren't just songsmiths and and you know these polished. No, nah, these guys were fucking rock and roll guys. Like I don't know that that's my I, no. I totally get it. I mean, look, just listen to any pop punk and it's like okay, and they're kind of playing like punk ABBA in yeah, a way. Honestly, yeah. Like Where do you think those harmonies came from? Yeah. yeah. Like Green Day is incredibly melodic, like to the point totally. of like punk, really? Yeah. So bubblegum. Uh, great. Friend, yeah, a, friend, a friend of mine, um, Colin, if you're listening, he actually, um, Green Day opened for his band in Winnipeg when Green Day was nobody. So <laughs> it was, I, I believe this is the lineup and they played the Albert. And so it was, uh, it was Green Day. I believe it, this was the order of place. It was Green Day, my buddy's band, the Shalongs, which is awesome, and then Propagandi. That was the headliner, Propagandi. and then in, in, so so this I, I don't know if there's any like truth to this, but this this is my my personal theory. So I, do you know Propagandi? Yeah, I do. Okay, so they they had that first album, How to Clean Everything, massive hit right out of the gate suddenly like they, they get signed to fat records and suddenly like holy shit who's this band everyone loves propaganda play scott sucks play scott sucks you know they're they're selling like they're, they're playing in california all the time and they're selling out all these places and they fucking hate it they like whoa we, we've become popular that's not what we wanted Not punk rock, <laughs> and then and then off the tail of that, Dookie comes out. Sounds exactly like the first. Well, not exactly, but it has a lot of similarities to to Propaganda's first official album. And I'm like, wow, you guys just opened for them, and now you sound like them. And then on their Propaganda's second album. They put the brakes on their sound, which was very pop punk. And they said, fuck this. And then they started going more metal album for album for album to the point now, if you've heard them now, it's very metal. Right. 
very metal. Yeah. But I was like, hmm, wait, people are saying we sound like Green Day. And it's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. I like the party fucking hard. I like the rock and roll the same. Don't give a fuck if I burn out. Don't give a fuck if I fade away. Back to the murder. ebbs and flows yeah i remember in the in the early 80s when i was just getting into punk it was like it was hardcore punk right so you had circle jerks and uh, you know social distortion youth brigade all that stuff but all of those bands they did the same thing like they were so punk and you know hardcore and then literally as they got to become better and better players they started going more and more metal. And even Henry Rollins, man, if you think about like from Black Flag to Rollins Band to other incarnations of the Rollins Band, like it got more metal. They just all went more metal. It was just the natural progression. It's like we can play now. Like, yeah, no, we put a lead in here, and <laughs> like Propaganda always said, like on our first albums, that's not what we were supposed to sound like. We just couldn't play what we heard in our heads. So we we're <laughs> playing until we <laughs> right. until we got there, till we caught up with it. Yeah. But at the same time, there's something really and you know just endearing about someone who may not be great at their instrument yet but you can tell they got this creative thing going on and they're, they're figuring out how to get sounds out of something, even though they don't really know how to master it. I, I find that interesting at least. Did you hear Todd might find this interesting. Steve, Vai was talking about uh, Kurt Cobain's guitar playing. No, really? People say someone like Kurt Cobain wasn't a great guitar player. Well, was he a virtuoso guitar player? You can argue not, but was he effective? Try to play like Kurt Cobain. It's not that easy, you know, or Billy Joe Armstrong. I mean, you ever see him play? It's visceral. Every note in every chord pops. Do you know what I mean? It sounds like a, a giant orchestra. When that, that's hard to do, but it was in his head. And he required a particular technique, amount of technique, to follow what he was hearing in his head. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you can, even if you're not technically proficient, if you can approach an instrument in a unique way that maybe you have you know no one else has heard before that kind of means you're badass like yeah. to to approach an instrument and make it sound like you when you don't really even know what you're doing yeah it's kind of impressive yeah that's very true very true yeah instead of emulating someone you're you're you've, you've got your own style and your own techniques that yeah. you yeah, that evolve after a while, and then it's like, yeah, that sounds like me. And someone else right. trying to play your stuff as well. It, it's kind of the same, but not quite. <laughs> There's always that little element. Exactly. Like all those shredders, like on YouTube and stuff, like they're, oh, I'm gonna play the Metallica, whatever the solo from whatever, or or I'm gonna play Ingve uh, mostly far behind, far beyond the sun or something, and they play it flawlessly, but it's like yeah. there's something missing. 
I'm going to suck the soul out of every drop of this instrument yeah. on this song because that's what it does. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, it's great if you can play that kind of stuff, but for the most part, it usually comes across as, oh my God, you just suck the soul out of that song. Yeah. And then, and then they're just, but, and, and then like the, the look, the looks on their face, like, like they're not looking at the fretboard or nothing. <laughs> they're just like eating Doritos on the side or something. You know, <laughs> I, I can play this in my sleep. Yeah, but you don't sound good. Technically, you're there, you know, like, well, I read music or, or, and it's like, ah, yeah. where's your heart, man? man. Where's yeah. your heart? It's not in, not in your fingers. Nope. Nope. That's for sure. Well, oh, you the- started a playlist, right? Yeah, I started a playlist. Yeah. I haven't added the last, like, I haven't gone through. Usually, what I do is I go through, like, I'll listen to your episode and then I'll go through and pick the songs out after or some, uh, what I was doing before, why it took me like three hours, three or four hours to listen to it. One of your episodes, it was, I, I would stop like, like 30 seconds into the song, stop, go, go dive down the hole, listen to like a couple albums from the band and then come back and then, and then continue. But now I, I've, I've trained myself, just finish the episode. Then you can go back because they actually have show show notes and you can I put the notes in there. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh we yeah, Todd, I, I get a really big complaint that we don't do that very often whenever we play music on the show and people are like, What's that song you played? And I'm like, we played a song. Sometimes I forget. <laughs> like I got some shit from um from a few people, like, please put the like it's a fucking great song. We need I to- got that from uh Cobras and Fire because they always do that. They they'll yeah. put snippets in of songs in between their segments and uh, they always have them listed. So I'm like, I gotta oh, do that when yeah, I start yeah. doing my podcast. We started um like annotating um we did this a long time ago. Like we actually say, okay, we talk about this at this point. We talk about that. Yeah, I like that like, a lot, actually. That's cool. And uh, with our with Captivate, like you put it in and it just goes. Like it just it just auto creates the the time. If you put the time in it knows that's what it's for. It's great. Yeah. Cause some people yes. don't want to hear Todd and I talk about like batteries for like 30 minutes. Like, okay, we'll skip the battery segment. We'll move on to you guys definitely have some tangent city episodes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> those are all Todd's. I think those are all Todd's tangents though. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I usually... want to ask about, sorry. No, no, I was going to say, I usually get pretty hot under the collar on some subjects, I guess. <laughs> I, like when you I do want to ask you guys about your your intro song because you sent me a CD or you sent me two CDs, right? And um, the Bros Before Jen or what yep. is it? Bros Before yeah. Jen. Yeah. So the I, I finally heard the full song, yep. which is a really cool song. But uh, tell me the story behind the the intro music. intro song flying oh flying yeah Yeah. 
flying. That was uh, that was my attempt at writing a song. Uh, it was the very first time I, I looked online. I said, "Well, how does this work with the the chorus and the you know the whole you know how the whole song structure went?" So I I figured, "Well, okay, this is the common structure. So I'll I'll start doing something here, and then I'll continue on a little bit after." It was just kind of it was in one sitting, I think, that I did it. So I just I was looking around for some sounds, and then I I just kind of kind of did the intro to that. And then I figured, well, I'll I'll do a little bit of lead, um, lead part into it as the song kind of went, and just kind of went from there. So were the drums programmed, or were they played? Well, that was the thing. I I, I tried to to make the song the way I wanted it, and I was like, well, how am I going to do the drums? So then I it was addictive drums. I think was the program addictive I had. And then it uh, and the drums also it'll have okay we'll have this style and then it'll have you know this this type of fill and this type of you know beat in the chorus and I just kind of strung it all together uh, and then I played over it. So usually what I'll do is I'll have the drums, or actually I'll do the bass and then I'll usually do the drums and then the guitar after that. Wait, you did oh, wow. the bass first? I didn't know that. The bass and then the drums. So you just do a click, you play the bass, and then you do the drums. That's wild. I would think you'd do drums first, always. Uh, actually, Well, actually, I wrote it with a guitar first. And then I think I may have done the drums. Maybe I did it backwards. You know, that was so long ago. <laughs> I just, you know, I may have done the drums first after I figured out what I was doing with the guitar to try and make it all match up. Play the guitar and then played the bass after that. I, I believe that's how it was done. Well, it's a cool song. I I was uh, happy to hear the whole thing because, you know, you just get like that snippet before it fades out right. at the beginning of your show. And I'm always like, I want to know where this song goes. So it was, yeah. <laughs> was kind of nice to that hear it and go, yeah. oh, that's where it goes. Yeah. But you'll notice when there's there's a there's a part where it's kind of, not slap bass, but it was kind of plucking bass and it was kind of really loud and it kind of over, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little bit overbearing on the song. But uh, I, I, I didn't really aim it down, but that, I just kind of left it all in there. It's cool. It's got a little like little light, a little bit of a jazz touch to it in certain parts. I'm like, it's oh, interesting. I I wouldn't have put that chord there, but he did, and it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm used to playing cowboy chords, so for, <laughs> for some something like that was kind of off the beaten path for me. So nice. Yeah. Wow. There you go, Todd. I liked it. I liked uh, Todd's uh, lead on um, the cover, the only cover on there. Todd actually sang on that one. That's Which Todd's one? first ever vocal. Oh, the Johnny Cash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my attempt at Johnny Cash. Yeah. 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 That was another one of the things where I had, I got my telly and then I had the bass and then I had the, the drums but I had put in, so I, I played the bass and the guitar and I sang. So I figured I'd, I'd, I'd try and do the whole thing together. So, but, uh, so what's it, the what's the story on Brothers Before Jen? What's that? What's that a reference to? <laughs> he didn't get it. I thought you might, but I didn't get it. I, I, I did. Sylvie come up with the name? I think Sylvie might have come up with it. She said, "You guys are brothers." Your last name is McGinnity or Gin, like the G I N. So that's the uh, bros before the Gin. Uh, okay, like that's literally what it was, and it—I don't know how it stuck, but it was just meant to be like a, we. I kind of wanted a name for like 
like Todd and I were always like in different bands and stuff. And, but there was always stuff we do on the, on the side for ourselves pretty much. And that it was just to be like all those songs, like on the side and, that we did for ourselves, just like, Oh, let's just go, you know? And it's like a full compilation, like spanning years, right? Yeah. From I can't remember, 2002 or something to 2017, 18, something like that. Well, yeah. I have that one recording that we did when we were probably five or six. <laughs> yep and that little acoustic guitar i thought about the, putting that in yeah where the strings are about two inches off the fretboard <laughs> and you're trying to you know trying to play this thing yeah my yeah my first vocal my first time i get to play with you yeah that was pretty yep. that was pretty funny that was <laughs> awesome but yeah we have a whole bunch of other stuff we just we you know we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it like there's there's i think there's about 20 songs that were that we just never recorded i guess like just various stuff todd that we have just sitting around but yeah there was stuff i think we we're gonna we we're gonna clean up and and uh maybe kind of redo now yeah because back then was just i mean you had a you had a radio and then you had a, a microphone that was about the size of a pinhead and you're trying to get you know a good sound out of it and no <laughs> the old condenser mic yeah I, yeah. I have full recordings of my punk band from high school. That's what we used. We had a the condenser mic, and then I ran one microphone out of the back of it that I would plug in, and we'd put like a uh, you know like a blanket over one of them because it it needed to be muffled. It was always just spiking, you yeah. know, the volume. <laughs> and right. so yeah, that was our. We recorded an entire cassette tape that we sold to our friends for five bucks a tape. <laughs> And nice. it was recorded on a boombox on a condenser mic. <laughs> nice. That's punk rock. That is punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my 2000 album was recorded that way. I had a, a ghetto blaster with two tape players on it. So I would record the drums first. And then you take the tape out, you put it on the other side, you put another blank tape in. And then I'd play <laughs> the drums over top and I'd play my bass line over and then switch them again. And then, then I would add a keyboard part, and I would add another keyboard part. I'd add a vocal, and then it's like, ah, it's not done. Then I, Todd, can you come over and can you do a, like a lead on on this one or whatever? And that, that that whole album was done that way. And then you could tell like the the drums just every every take it just fades a bit more, fades a bit more. <laughs> yeah, the quality just goes then, worse and worse. Then I would, <laughs> so then I would add a percussion track at the end, like just me playing bongos and, and shit over top. And that, I'd, I'd I'd like to redo that with Todd, like Todd like no fucking keyboard just all todd like emulating kids, everything on guitar kids today have no clue like we had to we had to be like macgyver back in the day just to get yeah. recordings yeah it was well, so lucky, hard yeah, if you're lucky to get a four track and you dump it all on one track and then yeah you lose the fidelity every time. <laughs> you lose yeah. everything everything yeah. Yeah, your, your drums just go to shit <laughs> well kevin's internet crapped out at this point but he comes back and this is where we continue from. <laughs> Who's your provider? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I think it's Comcast. I think we have. But yeah. It's not Musk, Elon Musk. with his, Yeah, I had uh, to wait for him to fly over before it would come back. Yeah. <laughs> Skynet. Skynet. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe we, like, seriously, you're going to call it fucking Skynet? Yeah. Right? Like, it's just an evil joke, isn't it? Like, Elon's just like, dude, you watch the movie. You know what's coming. But I'm yes. still gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in taking the name Tesla, like I don't know, I. Like, oh my I god! 
so I yeah I just got back from Monsters of Rock. Sorry, I'd have to go tangent city here. Mm. See, you know, I knew I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. I just get back yeah. from Monsters of Rock. Everybody that I work with um, is pretty much younger than me, and I told them they were like asking me like, "Who are the bands you saw?" And I was naming a few, and I was like trying to name ones that I thought they would know, like uh, Winger and, and Great White. You know, they're they're on the radio, and they're like, "No, never, never heard of them." And I was like, <laughs> "Never." I was like, "Well, the the big band was Tesla," and they're like, "But that's a car." Like they had never heard oh. of Tesla. They had oh. no idea. These are young. These kids, are millennials. Obviously. These are millennials. These aren't even like centennials. These are millennials. They, it's just like at Gen X, it just cuts off. Like they don't know those. Yeah, I, yeah, I think Tesla, and I think about the inventor, actually first, and they don't know that then, either. Yeah, and then the band who named themselves after the inventor, which I thought, being a nerd that I am, I'm like that's fucking that's that's punk rock, man. <laughs> Name yourself after a fucking inventor. Who who got fucked over? Like that's I don't know. I love that. I didn't know Tesla was there. Yeah, yeah. I missed both shows somehow. Yeah. Hopefully they weren't playing that last album that uh, the Def Leppard guy did. Oh my god, it's horrible, isn't it? It's like a good <laughs> hurt though. It's like I'll put it on sometimes and go, oh, this is bad, but I can't stop. Have listening. you heard it, Todd? Which one? A new Def Leppard? No, no, new Tesla by. Um, it sounds oh like Def god. Leppard. It's Mr. Abs that did it, right? Yes, Def Yes, it's Phil Collin that produced it and wrote yeah, most of it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think he it's was. Fun. I think he was pretty heavy-handed there in the old producer's chair. Oh yeah, I tried really hard to like it because like, oh hey, they're 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 back and they've got Mr. Abs on there and like, I, uh, okay, I'll give it a, I'll give it a try and I mean and you know what like leading up to it, I, I I went and listened to like the first like two or three Tesla albums. I'm like just getting ready, you know, and then it comes on. And I'm like, oh god, yeah, this I'm is not like, little Susie. Don't no no not at all. <laughs> Yeah, they took every bit of swagger out and turned him into yeah. Def Leppard. Well, I think they were really <laughs> trying to like get on radio or something. It really sounded like they were trying to like sound like what's current and stuff. I, I don't know what radio would was going to play that, but that's what they thought. Yeah, I think those yeah. bands are all having. Uh, they've all struggled a little bit with thinking like it's still radio. It's still, you know. Uh, you know, trying to get back to the record label and like, yeah, nobody does that anymore, man. Just put out your own stuff independent and you're not looking for radio. You're trying to get on podcasts. You're trying to get streams. You're, you know, you're put on YouTube and, you know, exploit that. You can can manage all that yourself. Yep. Yep. But I think a lot of them are still stuck in the old ways. Yeah. We have a three sixty deal. Still trying to get that major year. label deal back. I'm like, no. <laughs> no <gonna> happen. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm we're only promoting your show because I I'm a huge fan. Like it, it's like, yes, it's it 
it's the show that like you could be my brother like with some of the picks you have it's like wow you like that because i get shit for liking that because it's not cool enough the whole reason i do it man yeah yeah so i like that and then uh the the metal shop episodes we have it's, it's a bit of an homage to what you're doing so well that's cool i really appreciate that but yeah like yeah thanks for doing this i super appreciate it yeah absolutely nice to meet you as well todd yeah same here all right, guys. Okay. See uh, you we'll later. See you later. Yeah. Bye. All righty. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. And bye. Have a good day. Fans of the Sean Geek Podcast, this is the Core Geek talking at you. Did you know that the Sean Geek Podcast has merch available? That's right. Head on over to SeanMcGinnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on TeePublic where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to seanmcginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode.